0: Hey, it's Andrea. Today, Waxana is back and searching for a new husband. Captain Picard has the good sense to hide out in the holodeck. And we ask the question, how many sexual harassment charges does Waxana have Troy pending? Stay
1: tuned. Welcome to the TNG podcast, the number one place in the alpha quadrant to geek out about all things Star Trek, the next generation. I'm your co-host Sharice. I'm your co-host, Andrea Sharice. Today, we're talking season two, episode 19,
0: entitled Manhunt. This episode was written by Terry Devereaux and directed by Rob Bowman, one of our classic TNG directors. It is Star Date 42859.2. The Enterprise is ordered to escort two Antidian ambassadors to an important conference on the planet Pacifica. The Antidians are transported aboard in a self-induced catatonic state to reduce the stress of space travel, along with a plentiful food supply for when they awaken. Meanwhile, Luxana Troy comes aboard, and Starfleet's instructions are that she be afforded full diplomatic courtesy. Deanna Troy explains that her mother has entered the phase—a <laughs> stage in the life of a Betazoid woman when her sex drive dramatically increases, and she is searching for a new husband. Moreover, her telepathy is clouded as a side effect, causing her to misread Picard's thoughts as indicating sexual desire for her.
1: Sure, we'll call it that. What do, what, what excuse does she have for all the other times she misinterprets his thoughts? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I feel like
0: normally we do like a bum-bum-bum, you know, but really the only person I feel deserves that right now is Picard, because he hears a <laughs> Troy coming aboard, and he's like... <laughs>
1: Pepe Le Pew and like the cat that's always running away from him. Did you see that cartoon when you were a kid? Picard is the cat. He's like always (laughs) running. And no matter where you run, no matter how far you go, she will find you.
0: (laughs) I felt so much sympathy for Captain Picard in this episode. And I was like, listen, run as far as you can, jump in a (laughs) shuttlecraft, and go somewhere else. I don't know what to tell you, but... (laughs) I think hiding out in the holodeck was probably not a bad, not a bad idea. Um, Mm -hmm. Cherise, do you have any um, initial thoughts on this episode before we start the breakdown?
1: Yeah. So my overall thoughts were we, and we were kind of talking about this before we hit record is that this entire episode is just about Loaxana's search for a new husband. And what happened to her last husband? I don't know. Like, but anyways, it's her search for a new one. And um, I kind of skip episodes like this. So for this episode, I felt like, and Andre and I talked about this a little before, I felt like this episode was kind of like popcorn when you're really, really hungry. Mm -hmm. It's better than nothing, but only sorta. That's what I was thinking. Yes.
0: Yes. You know what? There is a line in this episode and I'll bring it up again when we get to it, but Picard is playing the role- Again, you know, he's playing his, like, the big goodbye role of Dixon Dixon Hill. Hill. Yeah. And he's trying to, like, kind of search through the holodeck for, a you know, for, like, a role that he can play in Dixon Hill that's, he says, more ambiance and less substance. And
1: that, I felt like, was exactly (laughs) what this
0: episode is, Cherise.
1: I missed that. I mean, I remember him saying that, but I missed that connection. I think that's another Easter egg from our lovely writers telling us that they're not fools. They know the quality (laughs) of their work right? Yeah. They know when it's good and they know when it's this.
0: Yeah. I think Terry Devereaux and crew, uh, put that in there. That's, that's, that's my hypothesis as well, mm-hmm. because I think that they knew that this was just sort of a popcorn episode. It's a good one to, to just visually kind of watch, mm-hmm. you know, a yes. Troy. One of my least favorite characters is flouncing around the Enterprise, but in the
1: best effing outfits. Ever. First of all, she always looks amazing. That's one of my biggest takeaways from this episode. She always looks amazing anyways, but this episode, especially this episode, I literally want every single outfit she wore in every scene. Gorgeous. She looks amazing. Yeah. So visually this was a really pretty episode. Um, and I would say, yeah, it's exactly that. It's a lot of ambience and not a ton of substance.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, that's, I'm sort of right along the same lines as you. Um, the Antidians was, like, supposed to be the main plot, but then was, like, shunted to, like, the B-plot once Luxana beamed aboard,
1: mm-hmm. and then kind we find out- plot.
0: it sort of was it kind of was because then there was a lot of plot reshuffling because then the Dixon Hill thing became the a plot (laughs) and then Loxana became the b plot and then the fucking Antidians like who even cares about them anymore (laughs) pretty much yeah um but they had they had really cool monster makeup at first I was like oh party city is alive and well because Mm -hmm. they just slapped masks on them but then you mentioned this off mic, but they blink at some point. So they have these giant yes. eyes
1: that blink. And then yes. at the end of the episode, they're talking and their mouths so are moving. And I was like, sound. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. It is very think, cool. And this brings us to pretty much the beginning of the episode when the Antedians beam on board and we see they're like these comatose, um, giant fish. So first that your first, my first impression was like, Oh gosh, what's going on with the makeup? Because it does look kind of weird. And usually yes. like we saw with Mordock and the Benzites, um, in a couple of episodes in season two or in season one, I mean, um, that they have this really cool fish makeup. And I was just like, their fish makeup is usually on point, but this one looked a little rough to me. But as I looked closer, I was like, wait a minute, this isn't just a mask. This is full on. Like, this is really intense that they put a lot of work into turning these fish into a human like that also looks like fish because the actor's eyes had to be coming through kind of like the gill-like slits of noses from the- They had to be, I feel like they had to be completely blind in there. Yeah, I mean, there was like gaps, so maybe they could see a little bit of something, but I mean, there's no way they could see clearly through all of that makeup. But I do think that the makeup was very, very cool and -hmm. probably took a ton of work and it was fully completed from front to back, all the way around. And then their outfits looked like scales. So I thought all of that was really cool. Um, I don't think it was as incredible as some of their reptile makeup, which Andre and I were talking about, like whenever they do like lizard snakes, whatever, it's always just flawless, completely flawless. So I feel like this did look a little weird, but you look closer and you're like, actually, that's pretty hard. I couldn't do that. Um, and then they just put them in the sick bay for the rest of the episodes so or whatever.
0: <laughs> well, I have a little bit of trivia about um, one of the actors. um. Drummer Mick Fleetwood of Fleetwood Mac plays one of the two Antidian dignitaries in this episode. Oh, you look familiar. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of wondered. I was like, why even? You know, it's not like your I face have a is gonna show of any kind playing those roles. But you know what? I can understand. From the celebrity's point of view, like if you're a huge fan of TNG and you Mm -hmm. can pull some strings and get like a walk on Mm role and then they're like, cool, you only have one line at the very end and you're basically just standing or lying down still the -hmm. whole time. So he's like, if I were it would be like, hell yeah, I'll do that. Absolutely. I just get to spend hours in the makeup chair and then just stand around on set like and get paid and get to say I was on Star Trek. Like if Star Trek were still filming now as TNG, I'd be like, I'll be a dead body in the corner. I don't care. Like, <laughs> I just want to be on. I want to be in there. I want to be in the world.
1: Okay, that's fair. That's fair. I would, I would do that as well. Right?
0: <laughs> All right. So this is exactly where this episode kicks off. These Antidian delegates beam aboard and they're in this self-induced catatonic state to negate the trauma of space, tra- that space travel has on them. So apparently their bodies can't really handle space travel. Although Which I got to say that
1: they're supposed to be kind of like fish creatures and maybe they're coming from some other watery planet to Pacifica. Cause they're like fish. I don't know, but, uh, yes. you know, like a fish out of water, maybe a fish in space, also bad news. I'm not really sure where they were going with that. You know, I, I agreed with you cause I was like, the enterprise is about the comfiest ship you could
0: possibly travel on. <laughs> it's not like being on a Klingon ship where you're just like have massive smoke, yeah. <laughs> Your lungs have to be like detoxified when you get off the ship and all that stuff. Um, but speaking of Klingons, did you notice Worf was like, what a handsome race? <laughs> I thought that was yes, so funny. Yes.
1: Worf thought they thought they were very handsome. Then later on, Wesley's like, yikes, like these Antidians are just not the business. (laughs) And Worf's like, oh, so is that what you thought about me when you first saw me? And Wesley's like, a little. (laughs) I also thought that was kind of cute. He's just like, I did. (laughs) But I got to know you and I realized you weren't just an ugly monster. You were also a friend.
0: (laughs) You're an ugly monster and my friend. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I (laughs) I mean- you are you? You're an ugly monster and my friend.
0: <laughs> anyway, so as Worf is sitting here admiring the Intiadians and their like squid slop soup that they brought with them to like eat when they come out of this catatonic state, mm-hmm. suddenly a shuttlecraft comes into contact with the Enterprise, and Deanna Troy is like, "Oh my god, what is she doing here?" Mm-hmm. And whenever Counselor Troy says that, I feel like. Red alert! Shields up! Arm photon torpedoes because right. Luxana Something's Troy. Going
1: wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: Luxana Troy is coming aboard. <laughs> so maximum warp,
1: <laughs> any direction. <laughs> engage.
0: <laughs> any direction, just anywhere, up, down, left, right. Um. So Luxana Troy. Well, let me back up. The pilot of the shuttlecraft is like, Enterprise, this is shuttlecraft, whatever, coming in. And Luoxana, in full Luoxana Troy fashion, basically just browbeats the man and pushes him aside. And Mm -hmm. she announces herself. And I know that she had this long title, but I never, like, got the entire title. And here Mm -hmm. it is. Luoxana Troy, daughter of the fifth house, holder of the sacred chalice of Riggs, heir to the holy rings of Beta Zed. I was like, that's a, that's a hell of a title. You add mother of dragons on there and you're covered.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and I am in. Yeah. She kind of has a really cool
0: title. She, she really does. does. Yeah. Um. And she is sent, she was sent to represent Beta Z at the conference at Pacifica, which also Pacifica, great planet name.
1: Mm-hmm. And you just picture an ocean-y planet like immediately. Yep. So they, they nailed it with that one.
0: Yes. Yes, I feel like Atlantica doesn't flow as well. You know, I was thinking the same thing. Oh my God, Cherise, this is why we have this podcast. I was thinking the same thing. I was like, Atlantica, no, No. Pacifica, Mm -hmm. yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Maybe we should put a poll on Instagram out this week for, uh, would you go to Atlantica (laughs) or Pacifica and just see what our listeners would want? I I
1: vote for that poll. Yes, I would love to to say about that. You don't even vote in the poll. You just vote for having no, the poll. I okay. vote for the poll existing, <laughs> and that's as far as my vote goes. Okay, um, all right. I follow us on Instagram. I'll vote on it. Okay, um. <laughs> yeah. We are,
0: by the way, we're at the TNG podcast on Instagram. So check us out. We do have weekly posts and polls and all sorts of fun stuff on there. So if you ever feel like further nerding out about TNG, check us out there. But yeah, she totally. she comes aboard and start and and just starts creating havoc, Sharice. Mm-hmm. It's just
1: havoc. She does her thing. She brings Mr. Holm back. So we get to see Lurch one more time, which always makes me smile. Yeah. And he's carrying around her luggage. And the first thing the Waxana does is say, Picard, I know you're glad to see me. Blah, blah, blah. Go ahead and carry my luggage. Do me the honor, which is so effing rude. I can't even deal. (laughs) Like I can't even deal. And I think this is supposed to be cute or flirtatious or something, but it's just, it's just disrespectful. And I'm not okay with it. And I'm not okay with Picard being okay with it either. Like it just bothers me a lot. Like, I get that she does not care about chain of command, but nope. then maybe she does needs to not be on the ship and she can go ahead and stay on that shuttle. And why is she yeah. an ambassador then? If she can't like handle politics, I don't know. So I just yes. have problems. Or with diplomacy, that. Like, just like basic yes. diplomacy. Yes, or basic social skills. Like <laughs> like you don't <laughs> right. You don't ask the captain of the ship to carry your luggage around when you literally have a valet whose job is to carry your luggage around. It makes no sense. Yes. Now what's he doing?
0: Also you bored. <laughs> also that valise is so effing huge. You mm-hmm. have to know by now that most human men cannot carry that thing. So stop trying to make the human men carry that thing around because in the big goodbye we had that same issue. Was not the big mm-hmm. goodbye? Or was it was H- no, Haven it or something goodbye, it was whatever she was in. Yeah, it was in Haven where Picard was the one lugging that thing around and dying. Right. Mm-hmm. And this yep. time it was
1: Riker. Um, that's because Picard didn't want to say, I'm not going to care. I mean, he did say, I'm going to let your valet handle it. No, yeah. I don't want to get because his that's way. his job. He being very He's being very political and sweet about it. So then Riker was like, I'll step in. I'll save the day. I want to help miss Troy out, you know, yes. and, you know, suck up to the oh, mom Riker. of my ex. And then he can't for carry some it reason either. for some yeah. reason that makes no <laughs> sense. So, anyways, that's how we pick up this episode.
0: <laughs> yes. Um, ooh, I will say because the Antidians had just beamed aboard and now Luoxana Troy, who's been given full ambassadorial status, is beaming aboard, there is a lot of dress uniforms.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would really love to know your thoughts on the dress uniforms. I didn't realize until this episode that the dress uniforms also came with like stockings. Right. Um, I always thought they had pants on underneath, like, I know the dress uniform kind of looks like a dress, but I never pictured it as a dress. I was pictured as kind of a robe, like a ceremonial robe. And I thought they had pants on underneath, but here it actually looks more like a dress, like a nice A-line skirt and a dress. Yes. And they're wearing black stockings. Like leggings. Yeah. Almost like yoga pants or something. Yeah. Yeah. Like really thick pantyhose. Yes. And then maybe heels or like. Boots, kind of. Like low like, like wedge I, I don't know. wedge like, like boots wedge. yeah there was a lot of questions going on with the outfits that i didn't realize that's what they look like or they look different in the scene than what i've seen before or we'll see after in the seasons i'm not sure
0: well i do remember when we were talking about q who and discussing the developments in the borg you know it's the first episode we had ever seen the Borg and you had made these really great points We're like, oh, in future episodes like this and this and this changes mm-hmm. about the Borg where this might be something like that. We might have to do like dress uniform watch mm-hmm. just to kind of keep track of the different changes. Because, yes, I don't recall them having like leggings on underneath and also like wedge heeled yeah. boots. Yeah, yeah which are a little bit strange. The one thing I really, I don't love the dress uniforms, but I do love the gold piping.
1: Mm-hmm. I
0: really like that. And I love that their pips go from like their collarbone to like across their body, like on their chest. And I thought that was really cool.
1: I was like, oh yeah, I totally had forgotten about that. So that was I like neat. the asymmetry of those. They're always really nice. How the zipper is kind of not right down the middle, but it's on the side. I really yes. like that. And I like um, when we get to Discovery, which is at the time of this recording, it's like a new reboot of the Trek universe. Mm-hmm. All of their uniforms have asymmetry. So I'm obsessed with them. Oh, <laughs> I just, I love yeah. that look, but yeah, I do so these, love, I do love asymmetry in so the uniform things. I think change, hopefully they change. and you know what? It might not have been as noticeable if Luaksana wouldn't have mentioned like, Ooh, I like your legs. Ooh, I like his legs too. And that yeah, was town yeah. like <laughs> maximum for me. I was just like, <laughs> I was just like, uh, <laughs>
0: But Lwaxana, while creeping on the men, (laughs) Lwaxana must have set her phasers to stunning because she looked incredible. I am going to post on Instagram a screenshot of her dress when she beams aboard because Mm -hmm. she's wearing the silver dress with a super deep plunging neckline, which for a woman Mm -hmm. of her age is like daring and sexy and fabulous. She has this outrageously like colored and structured holographic color purple silver overcoat that's got like a bustle kind of like stitched underneath I don't know it's it's so unique and so eye-catching and I was like the costume department mm-hmm. must have had a field day whenever Major Barrett was going to make an appearance appearance as Loxana Troy because they absolutely go so above and beyond for her, you know, her costumes. Mm -hmm. Um, And if any of our listeners have ever done a Loxana Troy cosplay, please, please Mm -hmm. tag us on the TNG podcast on Instagram, because I really want to see it. I think that would be a kick-ass cosplay. And it'd be one that most people don't get. It's like a deep, a deep dive cosplay. (laughs) Most
1: people wouldn't get it, but at any rate, so she's over here and if you're wondering why we're spending so much time on costumes is because that's probably the best part of this episode. <laughs> yeah, Was her costumes, Picard's later costume, Data's yep. costume, like that's the good stuff. The storyline yep. uh not so much. Not but so maybe much. We talk about that. <laughs> yes.
0: So it turns out so she says, you know, as as a representative of Beta Z, am going to have a ceremonial dinner um this evening as a, you know, as a delegate, but when the mm-hmm. captain arrives he finds it's only him Mm -hmm. and her in a candlelit room and Mr. Hom drinking alcohol. Like it's going out of fashion. I kind of wanted to have like an intervention for Mr. Hom by the end of this episode, because Mm -hmm. I feel like he is sliding into alcoholism really badly. Mm -hmm. Like, or has been there for a while. (laughs) Maybe, maybe. Um, first of all, Picard brings this blue, like thermos.
1: Mm -hmm. It's like a gallon.
0: Yeah. It's, It's so cool looking. I really want to try to like make one of those. They're very, very cool. It's got that kind of like pyramid shaped top. Mm -hmm. Anyway, Mr. Home downs that thing in one shot. And then he's also like finishing off the empties on the table. And I was like, Mr. Home, that's a bad. You do not drink the dregs of somebody else's cocktail. That is really gross. Or do you? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Well, meanwhile, Loxana is cringe inducingly. Trying to seduce the captain, and she's yeah. doing the like under the table, like rubbing his leg with her foot. And mm-hmm. is it hot in here? Taking off her jacket is like, mm-hmm. oh my god! If if we wrote if we reversed the gender roles, this would be like, ma'am, you need to get out of there. Like, call for help and get seriously, out of there.
1: Seriously, seriously, I was what when I was watching this scene in my notes, I wrote, "Can you spell sexual harassment?" Like, come on, Loxana. Like, this is. This is beyond, and you know what? The thing is, we, and we've talked about this before because Deanna Troy usually finds herself in these types of situations because she's kind of flirtatious. She's yes open to lots of different types of romance and people yeah. pick up on that. And so she's she finds herself in these situations, which I feel like is fine because she's giving signals like, I'm down with this. Like, I'm willing to try it out. Picard, yeah. on the other hand, it's the opposite. And that's what makes it harassment. At no point does he ever make any indication whatsoever that he wants to be with her romantically in any way. And so for her to make this dinner, which is a total setup, like she straight up lied. She knew the only way to get him there was to pretend like other people would be there. And then she's trying to seduce him in this really overt way, which if he was interested at all, he would have taken a bite by now. And he has it. And she just keeps pushing harder and harder and harder. And that's what makes it inappropriate. It's like, how many ways can he show you that he's not interested? Yep, for you to just back the F off. And apparently there are no number of ways because she continues to sexually harass him for the rest of eternity. Yes, I you
0: know I couldn't agree more with everything you're saying. I think that the only reason he can't outright be like so you mm-hmm. lied to lure me in here is because she's been given like ambassadorial mm-hmm. status by yep. Starfleet and so he has to
1: play along part of his somehow.
0: duty kiss her ass. And I think it's so disrespectful. This is one of the things that really makes me dislike her so much. And one of our listeners, Cassandra, given Cassandra a shout out, um, you know who you are, (laughs) pointed out, pointed out to me um, a while ago that one of the things that like makes Luxana Troy like such a badass is that she's doing her own thing. She's not having men tell her what to do. She's of a certain age and still sexy and still vibrant Mm -hmm. and still very much like in command of like herself, her body, Mm -hmm. her mission, her purpose. And I do love those things about her. Um, So Cassandra, thank you for mildly changing my mind about Mm -hmm. Luxana, but the things that make me dislike her are how she will, beg, borrow, and steal to get her mm-hmm. way. And that I do not like. The dishonesty, yes. I'm right with you, Sharice, like really, really bothers me. Um and so one of the <laughs> one of the lovely, brilliant things that Picard does is he calls Data in and he's like, Data has the best anecdotes. We definitely need to have him join us. And then he <laughs> shoehorns Data in. And I love
1: just how excited Data is to like have small talk. <laughs> version of small talk which is awful <laughs> so good it is so
0: good and so Luxana could not be giving out more signals
1: that she is so sick and tired of having data there. <laughs> oh but- it's glorious it's glorious it was a genius move because you're right Picard can't just be like I'm out of here or how dare you or anything like that because of the whole politics of it because he is a good politician yes. unlike Loxana. So he's put it in a really compromising situation. So instead yep. he calls in reinforcements from the perfect person because data will never realize what's going on. He won't get the hint. <laughs> he won't feel uncomfortable at any moment of time of this conversation. So he just brings him in and this is the most engaged you ever see Picard into anything data says is during this dinner <laughs> right here. Oh my goodness, Mr. Data. Fascinating. Tell us more. <laughs> and it's just like... You know, you know, data went back to his
0: quarters after all that was over and he was like, second officer's log. This was the best dinner party ever. (laughs) Like, it's kind of like a dear diary. (laughs) (laughs) All of my anecdotes killed. And I'm not talking about the blah, blah virus from blah, 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 you know, whatever. Like he's just so tickled with himself and that conversation. And so thankfully Picard is able to extricate himself and Counselor Troy realizes that Luxana is undergoing the phase. So that's mm-hmm. a stage in life when her sex drive dramatically increases and she's searching for a new husband to answer your question about what happened to her previous husband. It says in the, um, show bible i want to say um that she is widowed so deanna's father has passed away and they did have like a very long and happy marriage but he has since passed so she's been widowed for a long time married
1: again after that but maybe she gets married again to someone else later on yes that's exactly what happens multiple husbands she she has i think I'm, i might need right? to do I'm a confused. little deep dive into know. her we'll figure well, this out
0: not today, but here's the thing: is we don't like her enough to really find out.
1: <laughs> so i like, whatever. What I mean by <laughs> that is, by the end of season seven, we will have figured it out. Yes, yeah, that's when we watch the episodes; we will figure it out. Yes. So Picard, <laughs> being the diplomat
0: that he is, decides to make himself scarce and heads to the holodeck for some play as Dixon Hill, who we saw um, in the big goodbye. Mm-hmm. And Sharice, I wanted to do a deep dive on Dick Tracy, which is very clearly who Dixon what Hill is, based is like, off, yeah, yeah, it's based off of. So here's the deep dive that I did on Dick Tracy. Those of you listening are like, how in the hell are we, am I listening to Dick Tracy deep dive in a Star Trek podcast? But here it is. So Dixon Hill is clearly a take on Dick Tracy, which was a comic strip that ran in the Detroit mirror and later distributed by the Chicago Tribune, New York News Syndicate from 1931 until n- 1977 which is oh, a really wow. long run. So Dick Tracy's a private investigator known for his bright yellow trench coat and hat. In 1946, he used a two-way wrist radio, and it became one of the strip's most immediately recognizable icons worn as a wristwatch by Dick Tracy and members of the police force. This radio wristwatch inspired Martin Cooper's invention of the mobile phone and later smartwatches, which we have now. That's, which is pretty effing cool. See,
1: this is, oh, I love that. I love that. See, see, this
0: is why I do the deep dives, girl, because mm-hmm. it, this For is from back like in 1946. In the 1960s, technological advancements and fascination with space travel marked the beginning of the Strip's space period, which saw Dick Tracy and friends having adventures on the effing moon and meeting Moon Maid, the daughter of the leader of a race of humanoid people living in Moon Valley in 1964. That's <laughs> like,
1: what now? <laughs> so a few years before the before Americans landed on the moon. Yes. So there so Dick Tracy was already there. He was already there. Sorry, Neil. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Right. We need a t-shirt that has Dick Tracy's face going, sorry, Sorry, Neil, Neil, while he's
1: like smoking a cigar or something. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yes. Um, And then in the 1970s, Dick Tracy was modernized by giving him a longer hairstyle and a mustache and added a hippie sidekick called Groovy Grove. (laughs) Which I was like, what now? (laughs) I didn't know. I didn't know that part about Dick Tracy. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So they were trying to bring him up with the times. And then the Dick Tracy comic strip was retired on December 25th, 1977. So Christmas Day 1977 was his last appearance in a comic strip. And then of course they picked it up as movies and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff later. Yeah. But anyway, so that is the deep dive on so Dixon Hill's After
1: like, We get the last Dick Tracy comic we get this episode here. Yes. Or the big goodbye as well of Dick yeah. Tracy kind of reimagined.
0: Lives again, sort of as Picard. So
1: I thought that was really fun. And I had a really good time <laughs> looking into that. I was like, oh, huh. well, I'm glad you got something out of this. I'm, I'm glad you found something in your deep dive that was really enjoyable because that was actually super cool. And, and I know that this episode was not, it wasn't bad. It just wasn't, it just wasn't a lot. So I love that addition to it. I think you just spiced it up in a really nice way.
0: Thank you. Well, we, we do love Picard as Dixon Hill because his costumes are fabulous
1: and the sets and the outfits and the makeup, but hair and makeup are just like killing it, like in a great way. So he comes into his office and he, you know, picks up right where he left off talking to a secretary and then he he heads into his office to kind of look at his messages and my first thought was, I wonder if Picard has some PTSD walking in here because the last time he was in this office, right. Because his secretary even said it. Like, Waylon got killed almost. Yeah. The, and his secretary even said like, Hey Dix, you're looking at me. Like you haven't seen me in a year. Cause it's been probably like that, that long was a big, goodbye. that was,
0: that was a cute little Easter egg too.
1: Yeah. So it's I'm been like, a year. He, is he kind of worried that the last time he was here, his colleague was bleeding out under his desk. <laughs> Like, he's just like, do you see what to do everything's just as I left it. Let me turn on the radio. I was like oh, okay. Yes. What happens in the holodeck stays in the holodeck.
0: I guess so. Well, also I was thinking the last time he was playing Dixon Hill, he was on a date with Beverly Crusher and didn't even know it. Yep. And I thought at least nobody likes Pulaski enough to ask her on a date. On the holodeck.
1: Well, that's not true. Moriarty did, but he told me he was true. kidnapping her. But he gave her some tea and crumpets, so it's kind of like a date. <laughs> That's pretty true. Kid- Kidnap date? I don't know. Kind of. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Space. Well,
0: they brought back mentioning the secretary. Her name is Madeline. They did bring back Rhonda Aldrich or Aldrich to play Madeline. So I thought that was cool that they have the same actress. You know, same wardrobe and hair, which was wonderful. The costume and set deck is such perfection. Um, I was doing a little research about set design and set decorating because that's a little bit of like a dream job maybe one day for me. But there are these sets that are built that are called swing sets, which is kind of a cute play on words. And you have a standing set, which is like the bridge. They build it and then it stays Mm essentially the same, but with very minor tweaks, you know, throughout the seasons. But swing sets are sets that are very quickly assembled and then disassembled again because they're not going to keep that set standing from the big goodbye for like years, right? We only right. see it a couple of times, but in order to do a swing set, series, the set design and set dressing team have to take like exact measurements of where absolutely everything is, so that when they build that set again, it is as if you're never got exact, taken down. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. So I cannot even imagine the number of like photographs and measurements and everything mm-hmm. you know for the desk, the so pictures, what you're is the, these people everything. Put
1: IKEA to shame. That's what you're saying. Oh my God. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Impressive. Well, they they knocked it out of the park because I couldn't tell. Like Not I can tell all. that set wasn't there forever. It looked perfect to me. And I'm sure there's all these little details that make it feel perfect that I just can't even pick up in my brain. But because they made it perfect, there was no gaps. Um yeah, it was seamless. The, like the like 1940s Picard, yeah. fan, the little fan that's like in the corner. If you guys mm-hmm. happen to
0: watch this episode, it's just a little like table fan but just i'm like where did you guys even find a fan like this that is so clearly from like 1942 i like my mind was just so blown by like those little details i mean
1: it mm-hmm. truly tells such a story but please go ahead i cut you off oh i was just going to say i love the music when he turned on the radio i was like ooh this is this is really cool like and then he turned it off because somebody came to the door <laughs> And then we get some more uh, like plot line going on with actual Dixon Hill, which kind of does pick up where it left off, because last time a mob boss came to the office and shot Waylon in the stomach and -hmm. they all had to like negotiate their way to get out of the holodeck because the safeties were off. And I forget why. So here it kind of picks up where it left off, where somebody comes in and
0: (laughs) it's immediately
1: immediately, (laughs) immediately about to kill Dixon Hill. And you're like, oh, my gosh, like. This is and He's just like, program, you know, computer, stop program. And you're like, yeah, stop this. This is terrifying. This isn't even mm-hmm. fun at all. Like I would not run this program.
0: <laughs> no. Well, I mean, also though, I feel like I would because the safety protocols are in place. So it's like, you can try to shoot me all you want, but like, it's not going to do anything to me. I think your but... character
1: might die though. I mean, it should. Right. And reset the program.
0: I wonder.
1: Oh, there's are on adventure, right? Like you yeah. just be like, ha ha ha. Cause that wouldn't, Makes sense with the program, yeah. I don't the storyline—fake bullets or real bullets flying at me, <laughs> Andrea. You can hand, you can take that. I'm, I'm good. I'm super good. I'd I be playing like... solitaire in the holodeck. <laughs> 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 like something super safe. Go fish. Stuff like that. We're not doing go fish. We're not doing it. <laughs> well, so he's trying to like
0: he finds this program. You're absolutely right. He finds that it has way too much violence. So he tells the computer to like reconfigure and reconfigure, and and he says. He asks the program to provide more ambiance, less substance. And like we said before, that's exactly what this episode is. It's mm-hmm. all ambiance. It's all fabulous set design. It's fabulous costume and monster makeup and really nothing else. Oh, and a, a, a soup song of sexual assault and harassment. <laughs> but mm-hmm. that's, that's basically all this episode is. So this storyline, the rest of the episode basically weaves in and out of Dixon Hill and Loxana running around the ship searching for a husband. So Loxana shifts her attention from Picard to Riker. And I thought.
1: Well, for a quick moment, she considers Worf. She, she does. And then changes her mind. Yes. But, oh, yeah.
0: oh, oh, and and also Wesley. She's like, Wesley, yes. you're oh going to be a strapping fine man. But I don't have time to wait. And I thought, did you just hit on a minor? What
1: the fuck? She did. That was uh, really disturbing. That, I was like please tell me that didn't just happen because this is taking it to a whole nother level of criminal. (laughs) There is
0: no universe, truly no universe where that is acceptable. No. I was like, ew, what is going on? Yeah. Oh, well, she lands on
1: Riker and I was like, well, she's got good taste in senior bridge crew, I guess. Yeah. And she, I mean, she does it as Troy sitting there, Deanna's sitting there going, no mom, not him. Anyone else, but him. Why not, little one? Why not? I know he's love your life, but what does it have to do with me? It's just like, are you are you serious? There this are a thousand people on this ship. Yeah. And you go for Riker, the one person, the only person really in the whole universe that Deanna has ever been like this madly in love with. And wait a minute, can we go back to the fact you just hit on Wesley? Like, we just got some problems. <laughs> can somebody lock her up until yes. the phase is over Throw or give her, her some into the brig. hormonal therapy or something? Put her back on that shuttle. Like. Yes. Get her out of here on autopilot with literally no man within a zillion (laughs) miles or maybe women because there's she's apparently not hitting on them. And again, we have a thousand people on this ship alone. Well, I did. I
0: did think she does land on Riker and I understand 100 percent why Troy was like, not him. Um, And this is where I thought. Luxana is an effing sociopath she will do anything to get her way other people's feelings do not matter to her or they don't seem to very much i think we do see later in the future when deanna does get like genuinely pissed at her she will be like hey hey, wait a minute you know it do- i think deanna's feelings kind of affect her a little bit but nobody else's because she lands on Riker and then announces immediately to the whole bridge that they're getting married mm-hmm. And this right here is why I do not like her. No one else's feelings matter to her. And I just wrote on my notes. Ugh.
1: (laughs) How (laughs) do you spell that?
0: (laughs) U-G-H period. (laughs) That's how you spell it. (laughs) Ugh.
1: I was like, this is just the (laughs) group. I wrote U-G-H period on my notes. Okay. Got it. Got it. Yes. (laughs) I agree. And I don't, and and I think she's always like this. I want to give her the benefit of the doubt that she's under a hormonal fugue. Like her mind state is just, just off. Like she's just not in her right mind. Clearly. Right. Mm-hmm. She just, she just hit on like a 16 year old boy. Something's wrong with her Ew. following yeah. on wharf. I mean, so many things are wrong here. So like I could give her a pass saying her hormones are getting the best of her. And she doesn't even know what she's doing or saying she's like blackout drunk with whatever kind of beta z hormones she's got. But at the same Seriously. time, it's like, but then when, you know, but I said this at the beginning of our, of our episode. What about when she's not under the influence of hormones and she's having the same types of behaviors, just not as exaggerated? She hasn't, you know, confessed that she's marrying someone, but a lot of these same things of not paying attention to other people's feelings, misreading or totally making up what other people are thinking about her to make her sound so like wanted and desired. Like all of those behaviors are still there when she's not drunk on hormones. So, yeah. yeah, And that's amplified those parts of her.
0: Yes. It totally like magnified the worst. Parts of her, um, and that's why I don't really like her. I mean, I I appreciate that she is like a woman about you know her business, but I I not a huge fan of the sexual harassment. Really, not a big fan of that part of her
1: mm-hmm. um, or the pedophilia.
0: Yes, which thankfully no. she didn't act on. Oh my god, that I would have had to quit TNG <laughs> if that happened. I would have just been like, I'm done. I'm gonna just tap out. Um, so she is dressed in this spectacularly awful dress, but it is a a feat of like costume design, like architecturally how those shoulders are held up. And she says, my fiance just has to see me in this. Where is Commander Riker? And, you know, asks the computer and the computer says, Commander Riker is on holodeck too. Riker has gone to the holodeck to inform the captain that our Antidian friends are coming out of stasis and we're going to have to deal with them in a minute. So he goes to the holodeck, Lwaxana follows him there and finds the captain dressed as Dixon Hill. And I love that they're at Rex's bar, which is part of the storyline for Dixon Hill. Mm -hmm. And you did mention the music, the song that absolutely jumped out at me is as they walk into Rex's bar, Moonlight Serenade by Glenn Miller is playing. And I even did a cross-reference. I was like, what year was that released? And what year are they playing on the holodeck? And it's Mm -hmm. time appropriate, which I effing Love. <laughs> Moonlight Serenade came out in 1939 and they're supposed to be in San Francisco in 1941. And I was like, oh my God, it was a huge hit of a song. So it would be playing mm-hmm. on the radio. I just thought whoever did the research into that was just, oh, it was so good. Like it just made my little heart <laughs> so happy.
1: I was just gonna say another thing about the holodeck that kind of um surprised me, and I had never had this thought before, despite me watching the show for like 30 years. Um, is that at this one point, so they're, they're smoking, right. And Mm -hmm. they're like, you know, so I was like, wait a minute, you can smoke on a holodeck and apparently you can eat and drink on a holodeck, but all these things are, are just photons. They're just light. They're not real things. So then it made me think, huh? I wonder if you experience those sensations the same way you would, if you were doing that in the real world. And if so, this could be a really cool way to you know, smoke as much as you want without getting lung cancer. Yeah. Whatever you want without getting fat. That's what like, I would do. Be, that's, that's what I was thinking. My first thought was like, wait, you can smoke here without getting cancer. That's amazing. And then my second thought was what could you eat <laughs> and, <Yeah>. not, <laughs> and not have to worry about it anymore? You can yes. have ice cream all day. Yes. So yeah, yes. that I've never thought about that before this, this moment in this episode, when I saw, um, whoever it was smoking and I was like, huh,
0: it was Picard is, and Madeline, was Picard? the secretary. Yeah. Yeah. Was like,
1: how fascinating, like, that you would experience your lungs filling? Would you experience the burning sensation? Yes. The, would the you, mental high? Would you drink and get drunk? There's a question. Yeah, or feel something. I, w- would it be connected to the replicators? I don't know. So many questions. This is why we need people to create holodecks. Yep. So we can know the answers to these questions. Please. So get going, people. <laughs> Please and thank you. Because I would just eat my
0: heart out and drink my heart out and never like get Stop fat or day, or day. like worry about a hangover after having like one too many manhattans or something like that that would be amazing that'd be so much fun um but yes that that's that is a far more important question than what the f walks on is doing <laughs> on the holodeck oh so she storms onto the holodeck and she's like so this is where you've been hiding out jean-luc and i love that picard kind of turns his head. You know, everybody's (laughs) done that thing where you don't want to be spotted by someone. Um, but I love that Loxana is charmed by Rex, who's the owner of the bar. And she Mm -hmm. immediately declares that they're getting married
1: and Rex is all about it. So you're like, finally, she's found someone who's like, will not complain or take it as sexual harassment. This is what a go sign looks like, girl. He's like, yeah, with your back, he's pouring your drinks, you know, like, this is what, and then when she forces him to carry her drink over to the table. He actually wanted to do it. So you mm-hmm. probably didn't have to force him. He probably would have done it anyways. And that could be another good sign that he's actually into you.
0: That is, you could not, I, seriously, that is like the most perfect explanation. You are being given every sign in the world. You're being bossy and pushy and domineering. And he's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm I'm into it, lady. And you could be like polite and be following all the rules. And Picard is like, let's call Data and
1: Worf uh, and Deanna <laughs> and, and you know what? Pulaski too. And the Antinians <laughs> and, and O'Brien. Cause he's got nothing to do <laughs> Get <him> in a mid year. Yeah,
0: absolutely. So if you want to know what the go sign looks like, this is it. Luxana, this is it. And I thought, why didn't they do this earlier? If she's going through the phase, like, Dump her in another holodeck with a slew of men who could be into her. her. Let her get all her little fantasies out of the way, which apparently you can do on the holodeck, Mm -hmm. I guess. So it's Mm -hmm. like, just let her kind of burn out her hormones doing that.
1: Yeah, of terrible, and to be fair, enterprise. yeah, she's looking for a new husband and I don't know if it needs to be a husband. I think it could just be a couple of really good one night stands yeah, to get all of, that. Out of her system. Cause I don't, I don't know if she needs like a life partner is what she's really looking for. Right. Yeah. She's looking for an available penis. Like that is clearly her goal <laughs> in this episode who has some clout so it can make her look good, but that's yes. all she's looking for. She's not looking for like, you know, we, we click, we have the same values or anything like yeah. that. So like, Like, yeah, is your moral compass like? And and I mean, she was amazed by the holodeck, so it seems like she's never seen one before. So I agree, put her in there with as many men as you could create, as you could synthesize, as Mm -hmm. you could program, and just like let her be happy on her whole journey to Pacifica. I think that's yeah. a great idea. They should and then beam plan. her off the
0: ship and take off at warp 9.9. 9. <laughs> <laughs>
1: like, no time to even like come back like, oh, I left my sunglasses aboard the Enterprise. We'll just send you a new pair. Goodbye. Yeah. Like, just go. Just go. Combat her on your way out. All right. So besides happy to here. Uh, have a great trip back. Bye. Engage. Well, Engage. <laughs> <laughs> Why aren't your fingers fast enough, Data? Yeah. <laughs> well, that
0: is. Really, where the episode ends, um, I guess somebody has off-screen explained to Loxana what the holodeck is and comprised of, and that Rex is not real. And she's like, Imagine flirting with this man and he wasn't even real, and blah, blah. It's like,
1: but that's what you needed anyway. Picard does say, like, I should tell her, we should tell her at some point, but they're like, Let's just let her have some fun first. And then as they're <laughs> leaving, then Picard's like, All right, I gotta tell her. So he's yeah. the one who broke the bad news but I feel like you could have broken it in a way where it's like, yeah, he wasn't real, but wasn't he nice? Don't you want more of that? Here, go ahead and take this technology and never bother us again. Well, (laughs) just a thought.
0: You know, I think that is why you are the solution lady, Charisse, because (laughs) you know exactly how to break bad news to people in a way that's like, oh, oh, okay. (laughs)
1: like That wasn't so bad. (laughs) Is it bad news or is it amazing news? She could even program people who love to be bossed around. She could program people to to fight right back with her. I mean, yeah, yeah, this is the solution we
0: need staring us right in the face. So everyone is set to beam down to the conference on Pacifica and Loxana is able to read the Antidian's minds. Cause now they're awake and reveals that they're not delegates, but they're assassins who plan to blow up the conference. And, what was the point of that? I mean, why couldn't they just be like, okay, the three of you beam down. Nice having you on the ship. Bye. Like it created this conflict as a storyline. It created a conflict that uh, a didn't need to be there, and b was solved seconds
1: later. <laughs> so it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> and right. c that could have actually been interesting mm-hmm. and could have made a really cool like b plot line. If we didn't do that, I don't, yeah, this, this episode was kind of all over the place, but it could have been a cool storyline to like figure out what the Antedians wanted to do, what they were there for. We yeah. just have them kind of in stasis for a while. Then we have them eating those gross squid things, which was totally uh, nauseating. Of a so scene. gross, yeah. And now we see them trying to beam down, and oh wait, they're assassins and they want to blow everything up, but we don't know why or how or what or any questions because then we're just gonna arrest them, okay? And also, she mentioned that their like scale like costumes were lined with some kind of explosive, high yield explosive. Yes, and they were just like, "What? What? No, no, it's not." And then they scanned them, and they were like, "Yes, it is. Put them in the brig." Mm-hmm. But I thought. Um, question, how do they detonate those high explosives? Can we take those outfits off of them? Like, like, (laughs) can can we like disable this before we just march them on down to our brig in our ship? Yeah. I mean, yeah. You're so now going to blow I, a
0: hole into big enough that the board are going to be
1: envious. I mean, come on. Yeah. Just, just because they can't, cause they got caught, you know, I'm figuring they didn't expect to like leave Pacifica. I don't know. I just had like lots yeah, of questions I wonder if it was, for that conflict. Maybe it was a suicide bombing mission. Who will never know exactly. And you know what?
0: Honestly, we don't need to know. Cause this was an effing conflict that never even needed to arise in the first place, yeah. but then they just, I think it was, and a, it in. Yes, I think they shoehorned it in. My my suspicion is, in order for Luxana to redeem herself a little bit for her shitty behavior the entire Mm. time she's been on the ship, and also
1: show that her her uh, mental powers are back, right? Because it was all foggy during the phase, which apparently only lasts for a few hours. So lucky her (laughs) menopause (laughs) for human women lasts a lot longer. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) but I guess her phase was like a good solid six hours or whatever. Um, and it's, show- it's showing that like her mind is back to work. Maybe that's, what yeah. I
0: don't know. Or, or that even though she might be clouded about like sexual drive, she still can read the still shit out it. of some Antedians and like <laughs> take them down. Yeah. I I don't know. But anyway, they're taken into custody and Luxana beams off the ship and as she beams off, she's like, show Luke what naughty thoughts or some, some shitty slimy yeah. thing like that to say,
1: mm-hmm.
0: how are you given diplomatic Status when you're Ever. such a shitty diplomat. <laughs> Come on. Even if that's acceptable to say as a Beta Z, you, as a diplomat, you have to be trained in many different cultures, mm-hmm. no, societal norms. And mm-hmm. you must know, especially since your husband was a human male, which mm-hmm. is Deanna, the reason she's half human and half Beta Z, you don't know that that's not okay to say, or you do know. Mm-hmm. And you said it anyway. And and I just thought either you're ignorant or you're an asshole. And that's why I don't like her.
1: Yep. Yep. And then also when she first beamed on and saw the Antidians, she was talking crap about them and talking <laughs> crap about them the whole, the whole episode. Whenever she saw them like, oh, they look better in sauce. You know, just stuff. Where, like, if they were actually delegates for another country, like, you don't say stuff like that no. in a diplomatic assembly no. about other diplomats where you're like, those ambassadors look better in sauce. What? (laughs) I mean, I thought it was a pretty funny line because they're fish people, but I was like, dang
0: girl, you don't say things like that. Those are inside your brain thoughts, not outside (laughs) of your mouth thoughts. You know, (laughs) just how would I explain this to a child? Like we just keep those thoughts in our head. Mm -hmm. Maybe, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Anyway, my final thoughts on this was, it was just
1: sort of like noise shaped (laughs) air. That's all this was. What were your final thoughts on this? I mean, I think you said it perfectly with that Dixon Hill quote of the ambiance without the substance. Yeah. That was this. And I don't think it was. So our the episode we had last week was called Up the Long Ladder. Don't watch it. It wasn't good. I feel like this one's not great either, but it wasn't bad either. It just was it's a, kind it's of- It's a summertime
0: popcorn flick. Like yeah. you go to see a Marvel movie- for the explosions and stuff, right? You maybe don't go for, like, the deep writing or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. uh, that's kind of what this, this felt like a summer, fun, easy, light episode, but really yeah. didn't offer a whole lot of character development for anybody.
1: Unless you have a really good fanfic of this episode, because there were some plot lines that could have been kind of interesting. I'd be interested in finding out what was going on with the Antedians. Like, what the heck was that? So if you have a story about that, please send us an email to info at the TNG because I would love to read it.
0: Me too. I, and I'm a huge fan of fanfics. So I'm a fanfic fan. So please, if you've got even a, you know, a skeleton of a storyline, <laughs> I want to know. Sharice, um, that's where this episode ends and I am happy to let, you know, everything just sail off into the sunset or onto Pacifica, um, and leave it be there. Um, next week we are talking season two, episode 20 entitled the emissary. I love geeking out with you. And it's just so much fun to have a super nerd friend to like get to talk TNG with it's, it's like one of my favorite things.
1: Yeah, mine too. And I want to say thank you. If you are listening to this, if you hear the sound of our voice, you you made it to the end of this episode. Congratulations. Um, <laughs> we all made it. I want to say thank you so much for listening. And we are so excited to have you back next week. All right. See you next week. Bye. Thanks for geeking out with us. Be sure to join the crew at the to be the first to know when we do our live shows or host events exclusively for our members. We'll see you next time.